Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we're looking at France, which has been hit by massive transport strikes in response to proposed economic reforms by President Emmanuel Macron. So is this make or break for the French president? Joining me on the line from Paris to discuss this is our correspondent there, David Kiohan, and here in the studio, Ben Hall, our former Paris bureau chief. David, first of all, what's the situation now just in terms of daily life in Paris and the rest of France? Well, I'm sitting in central Paris, and in some ways I'm kind of insulated from some of this. You know, I get a metro, a few stops to work. For those people who are coming in and out of Paris, though, for those people who rely on kind of longer distance trains, I think it genuinely has been very chaotic. You know, if you go to any of the large stations, Gardenau or such, and you see what people are facing on the platforms, it's not great. And <laughs> their tolerance for that continuing mightn't be very high. I know people who are staying at home consistently yesterday and today. But again, this is going to go on two days a week for three months. And people can't stay at home all that time. And uh, they'll have to face incredibly poor train service. I think it was only one in seven of the TGVs, the fast trains, were running. And only one in five overground lines coming into Paris were running today. What is Macron's strategy? Is he just going to try and wait it out, uh, hope that they lose interest? Or does he hope that once this goes through Parliament, the whole thing will fizzle through? He will have got his big reform of the SNCF, the train system. He's been quiet so far, is one thing to note. This is going to turn on whether public opinion decides that, you know, a privileged few who have jobs for life and such in the rail sector are messing up everyone's daily lives, stopping them getting to work. Or whether Macron, you know, there's the narrative on the other side, the president of the rich, former investment banker and all that, is slashing away unfairly at a valuable public service. It seems like the polls are pretty divided. I mean, there's a slim majority who say the strikes are unjustified. But, I mean, you know, you can't tell that much from the polling. What's going to matter here is how public opinion changes over the coming weeks. Yeah, he'll get it through Parliament. I think that's clear. He has a big majority in Parliament that's going to go through He has to hold firm, I think, in this. I mean, that's my read of it. I mean, he's gearing up for more reforms later this year, including possibly more contentious overhauls of employment insurance schemes and, you know, public pension schemes. He needs to hold the line. The unions do too, weirdly. But uh, you suspect, you would suspect that these reforms will go through Parliament and the unions will then have to face further reforms from a position of weakness. And Ben, I mean, give us a sense, how important is this particular issue, the railways, and I think that pensions are also being approached at the moment, to the overall Macron reform package? Where does it fit in? Well, the railways doesn't really fit in at all in one respect, which was that he never campaigned on reforming the status of railway workers. In the public sector, it's perhaps the most glaring example of a vested interest and an excessive privilege enjoyed by public servants. But it was not something he singled out as something that he was going to reform. So what's, I think, utterly puzzling about this in some ways is why he has chosen to pick this fight on this very narrow subject. 
And the subject being what? Their excessive, as he sees it, privileges, jobs for life, huge pensions, that kind of thing. Exactly. Which he thinks clearly is emblematic of the privileges of a sort of two-tier French economy, that you've got people inside the system in protected jobs with all of the employment benefits and those who are struggling on the outside. And that what you have to do is remove the distinction between the two. But it's interesting that he has picked the fight with probably the most militant trade unions there are in France on a very narrow subject. And you can see why the unions are defending it because they are investing in it all sorts of broader significance about the future of the welfare state, the future of public service, etc, etc. And you can see why Macron has also decided that this is an issue he has to take a stand on. But it's a dangerous one for him because... In the past, when you've had these kind of strikes, they've tended to dissipate because the more moderate unions have peeled away and they've had to call a halt to their action. But this time, they're all pretty hardcore. So it's going to be difficult to see who backs down on this one. Mm -hmm. And in economic terms, if you say it's a symbolic fight, this, what are the most important bits of the reforms to liberalise the economy? If you were his economics advisors, what would be your one, two and three? Well, I mean, I suppose you would want further liberalisation of employment contracts. They've yeah. done some of that. They probably need to go further. You would say that you probably need to complement that with a kind of Nordic style, better training, lifelong training and uh, better education system. The famed French education system is not as strong as people like to imagine. And then, of course, tax, which is very high in France because public spending is very high. So he could argue, of course, that doing this with the railway workers is an example of those kind of reforms. But it's a very narrow one. David, you said public opinion is the vital battleground. Where does Macron stand? Obviously, there was a lot of excitement in France and outside France when he was elected roughly a year ago now, maybe maybe 10 months now. Is he maintaining that sense of energy and popularity? You know, everyone knows his poll numbers sagged and stabilized a bit below 50% now. I think the fact is he is seen to be getting stuff done and fulfilling his mandate. And just to go back slightly on what Ben said as well, when you go out to strikes and you talk to the militant, uh, the union guys on the street, they really do want this to become a more widespread. They do think it might become a more widespread movement. They're talking in terms of getting private sector unions to join their protests. They're kind of drawing a line here and saying this is a moment where we want an overall environment of protest to break out, to oppose the Macron reforms in toto. So in a way, it's a fight both sides are choosing to have here. Journalists use the phrase too much, but there are battle lines drawn here. And I think it's pretty clear this is a serious fight that Macron kind of has to win. And indeed, Ben, it's very important for France's international position, isn't it? Because the French know that there's a lot of scepticism about their ability to reform their economy, about the size of the state, and that a lot of what they want to get done in Europe isn't going to happen if people say, oh my God, the French state is unreformable. Yes, I think it will be very important for Macron's image in Europe for him to prevail on this one. I suppose the question is how much damage is caused on the way and how much disruption and whether there is actually political blowback in France which could ultimately make it harder for him to push through more fundamental and far-reaching changes. That's got to be the slight concern, I would have thought, in other European countries. Yeah. And of course, I mean, the inevitable parallel people make and people in France sometimes make is with the Thatcher era, when they had trouble in the streets, but she did prevail. But it strikes me the ideological background is a little different. I think Britain is perhaps a more instinctively liberal country. And also, although Macron did win convincingly on the second round, something like... 50% of French voters were prepared in the first round to vote for either the far right or the far left, both of which are very statist and attached to the status quo. 
Yes, and I think there is still a strong attachment to the ideas of public service and a strong, efficient state. I think where Macron has a strong argument here is that these privileges are really out of kilter with the rest of the economy, particularly the private sector economy, but even the public sector economy. And also that France's trains are expensive. They cost a lot of money. And as foreign visitors, we all marvel at the TGV service, and it is phenomenal. But Actually, if you're one of the millions of commuters taking ordinary suburban lines or overland lines into the big cities, it can be pretty horrible. Overcrowding, delays and everything else. So I think that the public satisfaction with this sort of iconic public service has definitely shrunk and Macron is using that as a way of pushing through with his agenda. And David, do you think that in the end, this kind of relatively liberal ideology that Macron represents has a deep enough base in France to get him through this? That's an absolutely fascinating question, which I feel slightly ill-equipped to answer, because in sitting in central Paris, everyone agrees with him. But if you go outside and, you know, if I go to on reporting trips into other bits of France, you do have to understand quite quickly that there's a social contract here that Macron doesn't precisely represent and people outside of France don't fully understand. Um, the tension between that kind of adherence to state and public service and Macron's willingness to push a liberal ideology is precisely the question we'll all have to wait to see answered over the next few months. Okay, so just to conclude, talking to you both, it does strike me that almost a year in, Macron has now hit the moment of truth and we're going to see over the next couple of months whether he is a new broom or whether he's going to fall into the traps that I guess, Ben, you've seen other French presidents like Sarkozy, like Chirac fall into in the past. Yes, although he's left himself a lot less manoeuvre than they did. They always had ways of softening the blows and uh, diluting the reforms and uh, cutting a deal. It's going to be harder to do that here, I think. David, do you think in the end, OK, if I give you three options, all of which are, you know, probably absurdly clear cut, Macron loses, Macron wins or Macron sort of cuts a deal and there's a fudge, which do you think would be? Every time I've seen Macron so far, he takes the fight head on. I'd recommend everyone go watch him talk to um, the farmers at the recent Salon d'Agriculture. The man loves a fight and will stand on his principles. I, I really don't see that changing this time. Okay, very interesting. Thanks very much to David in Paris, to Ben here in the studio in London. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye.